should say that on air. We're not on air. We are hot. Oh, coming in hot. Coming in hot. Oops. That's what we got an edit button for. Oh, I ain't hear all the. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't think we was on. <laughs> but y'all already know what time of week it is. Third Coast Podcast. I don't hear nothing. There it go. Oh, had to had to bring the levels up on it. <laughs> had to bring the levels up. I've been, I've been messing up all day, man. I've been forgetting to put the levels up on the. Joe and Cobot are not here with me, but y'all know I'm not going to be here by myself. Coming back again, yeah, friend yeah. of the show, my ace, Mr. Loomis Gidry. Hey, what's happening? What's happening? What's popping, man? Well, you know, chilling, doing my old thing. You got options. Pass that thing like Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. Oh, man. <laughs> Man, thank you for coming back through, man. Appreciate you filling in while we were uh, getting all this scheduling thing worked out. Well, most definitely. You know, I like to share my opinion in any way, shape, or form. I'll share my opinion. Yeah, man. How your uh, weekend was, man? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. We uh we played a whole lot of football Saturday and uh, War Dogs. We were undefeated. Five, six-year-old flag team. No one can beat us. We can't be stopped. We are forced to be reckoned with. <laughs> but other than that, man, it was pretty good. Uh, enjoyed watching the kids play and uh, grow up in football and enjoy themselves as well as I got to utilize my good tricks and strategies to yeah. make other people look not so good. <laughs> But man, to get into that, man, you've been doing with the coaching thing for how many years now? Oof. Um, on and off, I say about ten to twelve years. Ten to twelve years, I've been coaching okay. sports. Uh, I actually started when I was twelve years old. Okay. Uh, I coached my little brother's baseball team because my mom and my aunt just got the team together, so. Didn't have nobody to coach it. So the cousins could be together on the same team. Yeah. And so, uh, but they had no clue, nothing about baseball. And we still found a way to win the championship. Wow. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And then from there on, uh, I didn't coach again until I was 17 or 18 years old. And from then on, I just been, been on it. Yeah. Oh, uh, like what's some of your coaching influences? Oh man, Kobe was a huge influence on my coaching because of the way that he approached the game. He broke down the game all the way through and through to the point yeah. to where every possession is a strategic point to achieve an end goal. And it just changed my dynamic look at the game. And so then from uh from Kobe um, Doc Rivers, you know, he helped coach my favorite team, Boston yeah. Celtics. You know, Boston Celtics. 
I just want to make sure I put emphasis on that. <laughs> but he coached my favorite team, man, to uh, to a championship in 08. And um, that was really during the time that I was uh, I was in high school and I was really getting into sports. And it was during the time when I was down with a knee injury. Okay. So I got a chance to watch and um, really pay attention to the game and learn the game versus just playing the game. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what about a great motivator too? Yeah. Great motivator. Awesome motivator. Awesome motivator. But my two biggest influences, I would say, was Doc Rivers and and Kobe. Mostly yeah. Kobe though. Yeah, man. So going to coaching, you know, especially coaching kids. This question, I is it more because I see like a lot of people do not do that. Is it more the kids or is it more the parents? Honestly, um, it's actually a balance of the two. Um, there are a lot of kids out here nowadays that have parents that don't have the time yeah. or are not willing to take the time. That's where us as coaches step in because um, kids are yearning for someone to look up to and someone to have fun with that's older. And the more that they have that older driving factor, um, the more likely they are to reach their full potential. And so um, what we do is we take uh, older kids that's already been through the program and kind of keep them around to allow the younger kids to pay attention to them. We make sure when we run practices, all the from five year olds all the way up to 12 year olds are practicing at the same time. A lot of the drills they run at the same at the same time. And that way it helps the younger ones push themselves and it helps the older ones pick up a responsibility of maturity and being yeah. able to uh, mentor. But, you know, uh, most parents. Every parent think their kid's a superstar. Of course. Of course. It is when they watch it on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> my biggest thing is not so much of coaching. It's more of developing. Yeah. My thing is I don't want you to go out here and try to be the next Saquon Barkley or the next uh, Ed Reed or, Ed or, Reed yeah. or somebody. I I want you to come out here and be the best version of you you can be. Yeah. And then once we find and and push you to be the best version of you you can be, find out wh what it is that you do well and put you in that area so you can always succeed. Yeah. And then develop a team of people in each individual area in those specific positions. And that's how you build a championship team. Yeah. And uh, to get you know, keep on coaching, but I mean, you do football, baseball, basketball, basketball, I think is where is, it's really been ruined. It's, it's, it's a double, it's like a double edged sword. Uh, the A, like a lot of talk about the AU. So I know Kobe said a couple of years ago, overseas players are fundamentally in better skill than American born players because the AU circuit, they, they're uh, basically babyfied and, you know, they treat you a certain way. Like, if they know you're good, if you're super, like, if you're just above all better than the rest of the players, you know, you get treated differently. Uh, there could be weaknesses in your game that never have been exploited before and all that. Then when, once you, once they go to college and all that, you see, like, a lot of players go play one year, go to NBA. They never really learn anything because they've been so dominant. What I, what I like to say is the AAU circuit – 
is a big showcase. Yeah. Uh, and when you have a showcase, you look at the the talent in front of you. You don't look at the development. You don't look at the potential. You just look at the talent in front of you. Yeah. And so with the AAU circuit, um, you use AAU to get your name out in the circuit yeah. and get your name known. So therefore, AAU coaches can care less about fundamentals of basketball. They can care less about basketball, period. They're just trying to get their program seen. They're trying to get certain players seen. And so therefore, they just put them out there and let them go. Yeah. My my problem with that is that's not for the betterment of the kid. Because even if you can go out there in AAU and do well, it still doesn't guarantee that this is going to be your profession for the rest of your life. So if I'm not teaching you the principles you need to understand there's a process to things and teaching you uh, the fundamentals and you're not anxious to learn the fundamentals and master the fundamentals, you're not going to be anxious to learn the fundamentals of life and master the fundamentals of life, which I am setting you back because in the event that you get hurt or things don't pan out the way you expect them to pan out and you don't make this your career, what are you going to do next? You're like Boobie Miles, basically. That is that is an awesome movie, by the way. And I still ain't forgave you for uh, cracking that joke on me. You from Midland? You from Midland? They paying you? They paying you? Yeah, but the funny thing is, bro, I really remember that feeling, and that was one of the most traumatic feelings I've had in my lifetime. When that doctor looked me in my face and said, "Hey, son, your high school career is." Over. Yeah, I I, I, I joke, but you but you know, uh, still to this day, I'm like I, I have very dark humor. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, yeah. Uh, people tend to don't understand when I say when I say something is dark humor. Um, that's how I always was, always will be. I mean, it it, it still makes it a good joke though. Yeah. It's priceless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've I've had to learn to uh tone down my my dark humor a little bit. I yeah. do. I, I've always said what comes to my head. I've never tried to hold. Well, so it depends on the situation. I know when to hold back and when to yeah. say something. But uh, for the most part, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with dark humor, you know, it's all about perception. Yeah. If I allow that to beat me up and make me less of a person, then there's something yeah. wrong with me. Weak, just weak-willed people. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. But to get back on the air, you started because we see what I mean. We talk about X player, this player, that player, that player, and all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, I mean, even in our lifetime, we've seen players highly touted uh, go to the league and they fail miserably because they never had that structure. They never had somebody telling them, hey, you need to do this better. I see this weakness in your game, you know, and just a big head. And then once they, they get, to the highest, the apex of the sport, you mm-hmm. know, which is the NBA, mm-hmm. it, it everything come crashing out. Not only with that, but also things outside of the sport, you know, with life. And as a as coaching, you know, you know, you got coaching basketball, you got coach to play on the sport, but at mm-hmm. the same time, you do want to mentor them on life. Exactly. Which people are young, you're gonna make mistakes, but at the same time. You don't want them going out there not knowing. Exactly. 
Exactly. It's better to just it's better to give them. Well, up. not only that, I I won't say that every coach is just holding back that information from kids because there's a lot of coaches out there that don't know. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of coaches that has no clue how to develop a player or no clue how to uh, actually coach the kid, but they're willing to attempt to. Yeah. And that's um, something commemorable. But at the same time, uh, you know, if you're one of those people, don't be too prideful to ask for help. Yeah. I mean, you're hurting the kids. Yeah. I mean, you're being nice by helping, but at the same time, you're still hurting. Yes. Because that's like, uh, I think like one of my favorite pod, well, I haven't listened listened to it in a while, but uh, No Chill podcast with Gilbert. Yeah. I think that's one of the best yeah. uh, sports podcasts because he bring the young kids in. He tell them. Yeah, man. Uh, and, and Gil keep it real. Exactly. He tell you. Like, he keeps it all the way real. And I, and I love seeing, he had John Wall on there recently. And, okay. You know. Uh, I watched a couple of clips of it, and you know he was telling like, you know, John can get where he wants to. He can get to the rim anytime. He can get that. He can get that mid range. Uh, like, work on your pull up three. Yep. yep. You know, work on work on the stuff that you wouldn't grade it. So that way, when it does happen, you'll be ready for it. And exactly. It it was great, and he had, you know he had other life things. You know, his, I mean his podcast is great. Yeah. Because uh, he gets into the the. The ins and outs of the game and outside the game. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is great for somebody like him to have that platform to yeah. do that. I, I just, you know, I really just want people to understand the mental aspect of sports. Because the mental aspect of sports has a direct translation to life. Yeah. And so if you don't approach sports with a mental aspect of always trying to conquer the next challenge always trying to expand and broaden your net as far as your skills and everything, you're going to set yourself back and you're setting yourself up for a major fall. Yeah. Because there's going to come a point in time to where you realize you are not equipped. And you, for someone to make it to the highest level, such as the NBA, and to hit that point, that is one of the most detrimental things I yeah. could imagine they could go through. Yeah, and I know we always talk about this, but we always bring up LeBron James. That's why I say like LeBron James. Yeah. You know, we can say about what we want, who to go, and all that, but nobody yeah. had like the business acumen that he has, and how he set up his friends and all that, and how they've taken it and and just ran with it. Yeah, is is real great and uh. I I mean I I love like how he got the shot. I would, I would like to hear him have his own podcast really. The only thing that I can honestly say that I dislike about LeBron James is his style of play. Oh, yeah. He's not a but killer. As far as his ability, as far as his uh, accomplishments, as far as what he does off the court, man, he is second to none. Yeah. That's what I'm Period. Like, it's, yeah. I just prefer a, a Kobe Bryant style of play. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, but, you know, everyone is going to have their own perception. That's why I don't understand why they continue this GOAT argument. <laughs> just li- leave it alone, man. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Nobody's going to fully agree. Uh, But the st- the st- I got like two more titles on sports. We can move on. Uh, Draft coming up next week. You got, uh, they are projecting LaMelo Ball to probably be top... 
Some people have him projected at the top. Some people have him falling. Mm-hmm. Do you think LeVar and Lonzo not living up to the expectations that everybody had from Dane is going to hurt LaMelo in the league? That definitely has an impact on it. I don't think it's going to hurt him, though. Yeah. And the reason being is because it's going to take away the unnecessary spotlight that Lonzo had on him. Yeah. Lonzo didn't have the ability to come in and grow without the spotlight being on him. And, and then partially, two. you know, I partially uh, agree with uh, the way LeVar went about it because he ensured that he's still going to get a chance. But at the same time, he made the the pressure so high that it wasn't even it wasn't even worth doing that to yeah. your child. Uh, what LeVar about? I say like what he did, like doing the whole big baller brand, all that. I, I say all that was great. Like somebody has somebody has to be the first one to step out and do something like that. It was more it, theatrics yeah. than it was actual. <laughs> Execution might have been bad, but the idea was great. It was great. It the was idea great. was great. Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't I mean, me personally, I'm the type of person you wanna be low, I wanna be low key and Yeah, stay out the way. Stay out and the just, way. And just allow my game to speak for me. Yeah. But I honestly believe like LaMelo is gonna have the greatest opportunity. Yeah. Out of uh, him and Lonzo, yeah, I think I think he a better score, score of the basketball. I see him actually expanding his net. Like yeah. he scores the ball very well, but I also have been watching some of his high school games, and he has changed his game to actually being able to distribute and play some defense. Actually, yeah, he been in uh, Australia playing the league. In the, uh, yeah, well, he's been in Australia lately, but yeah. I'm talking oh, about when he was when in he, high school. Yeah, yeah. he had some high school games when he was playing with um, in Indiana. Yeah, Is I think school? it was IMG. No, it was uh, was I can't it? remember the school. It was a school in Indiana. He was playing. I can't remember the name of it. No, I, I think recently he was playing with IMG too. Uh, he moved around so much. He so. moved around a lot, yeah. but still, in all, I watched him expand his game to a point to where. He's playing every aspect of the game. Yeah. He's not just taking one aspect and mastering it. Yeah. He's taking every aspect of the game, and which I think that's going to be the most beneficial yeah. for him. And and I just thought about it. He was in Australia. He was in New Zealand, and he also uh, I think he owns that league now too. So kudos to him. Wow. But uh, hats off, buddy. <laughs> He's <laughs> hats off, buddy. <laughs> but it, it it's I I like Lamelo Ball. Uh, I don't see him. I don't see him in Golden State because they have too many. They have the guard. They have their guards already. Mm-hmm. I don't see him as a. I see him as a fit in either Minnesota. I don't know who has the third pick, but um, they got. I, I mean, the draft is so unpredictable. Bro, yeah, because like even the most logical moves, they don't go for him. <laughs> they don't go with him. But I wanted. To, I just wanted to because he he like the ball. The ball was like just the prime example of, you know what we were talking about. You know. Yeah. But I I think I think he's gonna do good. I think he works on his defense a little bit. But other than that, and hey, and watching high school games, hey, he was playing some serious defense. Man. Di- I mean, he he had been playing with grown men in New Zealand for the last yeah. year. So yeah, and that that takes on a great effect as well yeah. because. 
you know, uh, that level of competition really boosts your testosterone yeah. levels and yeah. causes growth a lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> Development a lot faster because your body has to naturally adapt. Six, seven, six, eight point guard. Another penny. Oof. If he gained a little weight, oh my goodness. Yeah, if it's he, gonna be unfair. Oh, if he get the one, if he get the one ninety five, that's a wrap. Two hundred, that's a wrap. I think, I think the ideal way to be like two hundred, two hundred five. Yeah, man. And then, uh, I think the last thing I wanted to ask you about was the AP Wardog football program, which I know, uh, Trent, that uh, Trent started the program. Yeah, which I would love to have him on one day to get into the whole story behind it, but uh. Just explain it for the people, for the listeners out there. So the Allen Parish War Dog uh, group or our football team or program, it's really a program. Um, we've noticed that, you know, the tradition of football, the tradition of competitiveness around this area has died. So what happened, uh, he noticed that there was another league in uh in South Louisiana that had a higher level of competition. And we also thought about the fact that, you know, those are the teams that we play when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. And those are the teams that we fall short to when it comes to the playoffs. <laughs> Every year. So logically speaking, you know, you prepare all your life against those people when you get in the playoffs, then you're prepared for them. Yeah. You know, so um, it's a good way of networking, you know, just to meet, you know, meet well. different people and get the kids outside of their own comfort zone yeah. and learn how to play against strangers. Yeah. And so, um, because that also takes aspect as well. Yeah. So, um, we started a program and we decided that we wanted to open up our opportunity to teach kids how to speak with coaches, um, open up avenues to where coaches can network with our kids, uh, be able to get film out for the kids, help kids learn how to develop properly. Yeah. Um, because we developed a coaching staff that are pretty, uh, pretty well in tune with proper development. Yeah. I've played college football. Trent have played, uh, played college football. Uh, we didn't even get any snaps in a, in a, live game but you know we played we were on a team yeah practice and, and you know yeah, the exactly routines and, and all i that. went through i went through the three days you know i went through the full preparation and there's things that we never learned while in this area yeah that we were open to and learned about so after learning those things we just networked so much more to where we tried to learn as much as we could and so the fact that they don't have anybody pouring that into them, yeah. we decided to do so. And so that's that's really what we do with that. And we start them off from the age of five, yeah. sometimes four, and work with them all the way through school. Yeah. Because I was, because when I first, when I first found out, I was like, why are they going way out there? And then I know, like, it, it took some time, like, uh, I know, like, some of them games, it was bad for y'all, you know, at first, wasn't it? Well, um, before I joined the league, I was still running the Oakdale Youth Football yeah. League um, with my mom. And um, when they started off, they actually went down there and won, won championships. Okay, I didn't know they, they won was championships the first two, first two, the first season. 
Yeah. First two seasons, they won uh championship. Yeah. But but you know what it was for me though? I'm like, man, we've been doing it around here for so long. Like, why change now? But when you start, I start, you know, it's like every year I learn something about myself. Like, it's change is not bad. Like, yeah. Sometimes you do, sometimes change, all change is not bad. Change in, uh, you have to take that first step off, really off the cliff. <laughs> yeah, well, not only that, it it goes back to the old saying, you know, you want you want the same results, you keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah. But if you want different results, you have to change, change. what you've been doing. Yeah. And so um, that's exactly what we've done. We've decided to change our old norm. Yeah. Because we have yet to receive a state championship in this area in Odell. Yeah. And knowing that we have had some of the best teams to ever walk <laughs> around the state of Louisiana. But we fall short as far as the team aspect without having the proper guidance. Yeah. Do you do you think the uh, you know, the guy like the guy the the guys that play now in high school, do you think they're more out there just for the look and the aesthetic of football? I will say that the guys that are playing football right now in high school, minus the freshman class, because the freshman class is actually a majority of them are actually the first group that went through the The AP AP war dog. Okay. Um, But um, minus them, they're just out there out of tradition. Yeah. Everybody played football, so I'm going to play football. But as far as a sincere passion for trying to be the best that they can be, uh, the brotherhood or the camaraderie, it's not there. And it shows when they play. It shows when they play. Is it a lot of arguing and stuff? I wouldn't say a lot of arguing, but it's to the point to where no one can hold each other accountable. Yeah. No one are surefire leaders. Yeah. Um, You know, no no one shows uh, an impact to where they can take over the game. Yeah. Like what we experienced as we was playing high school football. Yeah. You know, when we came up, everyone was held accountable. And there were those certified leaders that were on the team that you knew who they were. They were leaders. And you didn't have to ask any questions about it. And you didn't question their judgment because the the coach had granted them those authorities as well as we had granted them those authorities. Just to get a little side story, a lot of people ask me why I quit football. Yeah. So why did you? Terrence? Well, I'm going to tell you like this. <laughs> In the words of Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. practice. Yeah, practice? But I'm going to tell you this. This is what I say. I didn't have the same love and passion for football as y'all did. And I feel like now as I, I've gotten older, I feel like I would have cheated the sport. I didn't. I, you wasn't, I wasn't going to give you full effort for that practice. All I want to do is go out there and play. Yeah, I didn't want to practice. Yeah, didn't want to lift weights. Yeah, <laughs> didn't want to get just hit every day. And then Friday and I get hit some more. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all you think about us? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I, I uh, cause my dad, my dad asked me that question one day, and he thought, uh, in which me and my dad had like a a, a bonding moment over there, cause he thought I ruined he ruined me for football when I was young, at a young age. But I told him no. I just, I said I just felt like I didn't have the passion. That's not what I wanted to go do every day. Yeah. 
Yeah. I did I didn't want to go to practice. I didn't yeah. I didn't want to go to practice every day, then Friday, go to the game, whatever and all that. And I felt I felt I just I was I was gonna cheat the sport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm gonna be honest with you, um, that's kind of the thing that um stopped me from playing because I could have stayed on the college team. However, I wouldn't have been on scholarship. Yeah. And so with me not being on scholarship, I wasn't on the travel team. And with me not being on the travel team, I looked at it as, okay, I'm doing three a days plus going to school full time. And you mean to tell me that my talent is not speaking enough volume for you to realize that I need to be on scholarship so I can afford school. Yeah. And so at that point, I felt as if I was slighted and there was no purpose of me being there. Now, granted, um, I I don't necessarily regret the decision, but I wish I would have stuck it out longer for the simple fact uh, those were some life experiences yeah. that uh, would have been priceless to have. Yeah, because you never know what might happen. You might exactly. Be- yeah. You know, two injuries away and they have to call me up. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I knew all I needed was an opportunity and my skill could speak for itself, but you know, I can't honestly say that I lined up one-on-one with a Super Bowl winning, uh, cornerback, cornerback slash safety and got the best of them before. (laughs) So I know that I had the skill. Shout out Jeremy Lane. You probably don't remember me, but it really does not matter. I remember you and I remember snagging on you in one-on-ones and causing a team fight. I remember those things, but you know, you're a millionaire. I'm not. So whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's just crazy. Cause, uh, cause like it was crazy. Everybody like always wonder, everybody just always wonder why everybody, I mean, most people say I was just scared to play football. No, I, I wasn't scared per to say I just didn't want to go to practice every day. And yeah, I, yeah. I just wanted to show up and play and all that shit. I will I, say, bro, like the high school experience of football was the most genuine experience I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Regardless if you were a bench warmer or you was the star player, those were life lifetime events that were priceless, bro. And some of those trips and games are memory are the best memories that I ever have. That's why a lot of us always talk about high school all the time. And it seems kind of agitating to some people who didn't participate, but, and it's to outside people looking in, it's like, bro, you, you didn't get past high school. Just let it go, bro. <laughs> I mean, high school's dead, but those life lessons that we learned in those stories or what we're referring to. We're not necessarily referring to, oh, well, I was a superstar in high school. You yeah. need to respect me. No, it's more about the lessons that I learned in these stories and how much of a fun time it was. Yeah. I, I usually get agitated about that. And I was like, well, you know, that that's the best time of your life and during them years. So why, yeah. why would you not want to tell people about that? Exactly. Exactly. And so the funny thing is, my my son just started playing football. My 12-year-old son just started back playing football. When he turned seven and got to tackle, he played three games, and he was like, Daddy, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And I told him that you started it, so you're going to finish, but I'm not going to force you to play anymore after this because if you walk on this field, 
not wanting to do something or scared, you're going to get hurt. And so um, from then on, he didn't play football at all. He was just big on basketball. So we just trained, trained, trained basketball. And then all of a sudden, one day he's like, hey, daddy, uh, I want to play football. I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, I want to play football. Son, you haven't played football since you were seven years old. You're 12 now. Do you, are you sure you want to play football? Yes, I want to play football. I said, well, you know my rule is if you decide to do something, you're going to aim to be the best at it. Yeah, that's fine. I said, okay, so that means I'm going to train you. And at the moment that you decide that you don't want to train anymore, guess what? You're not playing. Yeah. Before this even gets started. I said, give me one summer. Okay, I can do it. And so I proceeded to train him and I really pushed him. And he was happy to do everything. Wow. And it got to the point to where where we are now, he didn't go to summer workouts due to COVID. Um, they were still having summer workouts, but I wouldn't allow for him to go. Yeah. But he was still working out independently with okay. me. Yeah. And so he joined the football team. And when he joined the football team, after three days of practice, he had a starting spot. I mean, we seen his ability when uh shout out Brittany when he he just gave it old <laughs> gave it old forearm on his slip and slide. But I I, uh, I really watched this kid's body trans transform from a little puny kid to an athlete. He looks like an athlete. He shows like an athlete, and he plays like an athlete. He's cocky like an athlete too. Yes, he's very cocky. He can't help that though. I mean, he he stays at home with me, so he, he can't help that. But um, I just I knew for a fact because I. Me and him has been training since he was five years old as well. So, and I was growing while he was growing. I was learning different things, researching different things and experimenting with him. And he was open to do it. And it shows now. And so now that the proof is in the pudding, all of his friends, he has surpassed all of his friends head and shoulders athletically. And he already knew the game mentally. Yeah. So now... It's to the point to where all of his friends is trying to come and train with him. <laughs> That's crazy. So, like, uh, do y'all do you like on Sundays like watching NFL games or college game? Anything? You just sit down, point out to him like if a mistake is made, like because uh, he plays with cornerback, safety, and quarterback. Yes, outside linebacker. Out. Okay, That's a defensive lot. end. Wow, tight end. He he plays. Anywhere needed running back. He plays anywhere needed because hey, of principles. You didn't let me do the D-line training for him. Now, that was my specialty on the line, <laughs> O-line and D-line, even though I didn't play that long. Because I can show you some dirty tricks to get away with. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, every time we watch a sporting event, it turns into a film study. Yeah. Um, there was one point in time in life to where we had a TiVo and, like, we were stopping plays, live action plays, rewinding and looking at different uh, possibilities, different things that should have happened, yeah. what should have happened. And it, it grew him so much more mentally on the basketball court. He is, he's scary. Yeah. I, I, he's scary. Yeah. Cause he told me he can go left. I, I didn't, I still haven't seen it for myself. I gotta go see it for myself. He can go left. He can finish left. Wow. You would think he's left-handed. Yeah. He actually, Finishes left better than he does right. Wow. 
That's crazy. Yeah. And and John Wall, huh? As well as this kid, it's also a kid that um, doesn't even argue when I wake him up at 5 a.m. to go get shots up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But that, but you know what? That's because he wants it. Exactly. He wants exactly. it. And so I enjoy, I enjoy seeing the passion just grow in him. And from his leadership, my five-year-old son is following right behind him. He gets up what at five even, in the morning? With even more passion. No, he does not get up <laughs> at 5 a.m. Only, only because um, I don't want to mess up his normal routine. He's not there yet. Yeah. However, he does, he does practice every day as well. He practices football. He does his 20 to 25 push-ups a day in one set at five years old. Bruh, <laughs> I told him, I told him, I say, man, you're going to be long and lanky like you day. No, I'm not. He he drives sleds. He flips, wow. he flips tires and he com- he wants to compete at a high level. It was so much to the point to where this past Saturday, he didn't get a chance to pull any flags and he didn't score any touchdowns and he was in tears. We wow. won by two touchdowns, yeah. but he was in tears. Yeah, he felt like. He didn't make an impact. And the first thing that he told me was, Daddy, when we get home, can we work out? Wow. Look at, at my guy. Five son. years old. So I I just know with those uh mental aspects in life, that's gonna make them so much more yeah. uh successful outside of sports. Everything. Yes. That, with that everything. And that's what sports is really about. Sports should be about preparing you for life. Exactly. Exactly. And that's you can't play it forever. Exactly. And that's the reason why I coach because I want kids to understand sports is your precursor to life. This is where you can afford to make all the mistakes you want to make and don't have to suffer any consequences. And you can pick up all the mental aspects that you need to have for resilience when it comes to life. Because once life starts, it doesn't matter how bad you it hurt. It keeps going. It keeps going. It don't stop. It do not <laughs> it stop. It going. does not stop, man. Exactly. So we're trying to raise young men in AP War Dogs program. We're we're raising young men to be productive citizens. And, you know, hopefully, just number-wise, one of them are going to make it. Yeah. But um, in the grand scheme of it, 99% of them are going to be Solid young life. men, solid but, men yeah. in life. But for one of them to make it to the league, yeah, would be like the what's the one looking for the crescendo. Yeah, exactly. That would exactly. Just be- I just, I'm gonna tell you the honest truth. I want to see, I want to see all of my kids get a college scholarship, or at least get offers, yeah, or opportunity to play in college. That would be more than enough reward. That would be my crescendo. Yeah. Because that gives definitely a lot of these kids that we pick up in the program are kids that don't nobody else want to coach. Yeah. Don't nobody else want to go with. through the trouble yeah. and deal with. Because their parents ain't this or uh, their attitude is this. No, but they're still children. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day. that And that's what makes them when they get older in life, you and people like, man, why he act like that? Exactly. That one, that one day you could, he wanted, you know, to learn something from him, you. Just blew him off. Exactly. Oh, he come ask you a question, you get mad. Oh, get away from me! I don't want to. Exactly. It makes my heart full when the kids that nobody else want to spend time with or be around 
go out their way to come find us. Yeah. Be like, hey, what's up, Coach Lou, Coach Trent? Yeah. Hang out with us on a daily basis. Hang out with us on our off time when we're just out just hanging out. Yeah. I see, and, I, yeah, and I see it all. I see it when sometimes when I'm out with y'all, Coach Lou. Uh, it, it it makes my heart full, bro. Cause um, who's to say what they would be without that? Yeah, you know, That's, and it's, it gives them structure. Exactly, exactly. I tried to be the assistant coach. I tried to assistant coach that. I just don't have the time for that. <laughs> I tried to help you out. <laughs> that didn't work. Yeah. It was hard. It was. Hard. I mean, it's it's. It's very challenging to find a way well, to lead, just, your, lead your family as yeah. well as raise other kids. Try to be a leader, yeah, leader of man. You know, it's difficult, but it it's my passion. It's what I want to do. Yeah, what makes me happy. Well, it wasn't me. Well, for, for me, it's time thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I say, well, if I can't give them every day like Lou. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, definitely, I'm not, yeah, it's I, definitely not for the faint of heart. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not head coach material. I know that. <laughs> I, I, my patience, I, cause I, I, to say I didn't play football, I am a competitive person. At the yeah, end of the day, exactly. I, I'm competitive. Exactly. I, I want to win. I, I see the anger in your eyes when I beat you and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's, <laughs> it's like. Shout out to uh, Gil, how he just beat up on Nick Young. It's just, you know. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah but when I started winning, boy, people didn't like that. <laughs> you didn't play the game. You're not trying to win. You're just nickel and diamond. <laughs> um, you just trying to keep it close. <laughs> those priceless moments, man. Yeah. Priceless moments. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I picked up some things from the little time I did playing football. Of you know competitive, especially the competitiveness. You know, if, as I got older, I started getting more competitive. Um, even in doing this, you know, I'm striving to. I want to have the best podcast. Yeah, I will say I want. I want to speak on this too. Um, for the last three or four years prior to it, prior to last year, so three or year, three or four years before that. After the movie Concussion came out, I really was one of those folks that really bought into that. And really, you know, I was not feeling like football was for our people. We were already going through and still are already going through a lot. Way too much to be beating ourselves up because essentially when you look on the football fields, 80 percent of the other athletes look like me and you. Yeah. You know, so and I really fell into that. But it wasn't until my five year old son, which was four at the time, looked me in my eyes and said, Daddy, I want to play football. And I seen a passion and a burning in his eyes for it. Yeah. And then took off running this spirit as 11 year old brother. (laughs) (laughs) That I realized that there are life lessons in football that you can't learn anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I will say if you're playing football, don't play football with the standpoint of this is my only way out. Yeah. Because you are more likely to get hurt or you're more likely to uh, damage your psyche to the point to where you feel like you are a failure. 
Yeah. You look at football as your aspect of learning how to navigate in life. Football is my avenue to navigate through life. And if you play football with that aspect, I guarantee you it's going to be a lot more rewarding. And plus, regardless of what level you make it to, it opens up so much more, too. Yeah. It opens up a lot. Yeah. People know your name, you know, people, you know, hey, you're that guy. You know, it's just a great, it's a great, any sport in general. Like, I, me, me, because I started getting into other sports, mm-hmm. like tennis, like, mm-hmm. it's just you out there. And I loved it because when it's one on one, when I win, it's because I won, I prepared, and I outmatched you. It shows like how much do I really want this, man? Yeah. And I know I was watching uh Naomi Osaka. She had a she had a bum knee. I stayed up all night waiting for the Australian Open. It was like three, four in the morning. Yeah. She got took advantage of. She was on a bum knee, but she just went out there and fought and fought and fought. And I'm like, wow, this is really 20, she's what, 21, 20, 20, 21 years old out there just is I, I love that. I love soccer because soccer is like you have to dig. You really have to dig in. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long 90 minutes. Plus That's the, a lot of field to pick up yeah. too. Plus the, the added on stoppage time. Yeah, yeah. Rugby, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. If you if you like dishing out punishment, and you like taking pain. That that's the sport for you. It's a gladiator sport. <laughs> that man. is a, no. That is not a glad. That that is a warrior sport. <laughs> uh, hey man, those 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 very intense physical sports such as uh, the fighting sports or. Uh, football or or uh, uh, rugby, you know, even lacrosse. Yeah, it teaches you to deal with a different level of adversity. Because any, like Mike Tyson say, everybody has a plan until you get hit. Till you get hit that first time. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get hit, what are you gonna do? That is that is the priceless learning. If he, if he won. Everyone had to have a plan till they get hit in the mouth. Hey, <laughs> Roy Jones. <laughs> Roy Jones, ever since he made that fight, he's he been trying to find any kind of way to get out that fight with Mike Tyson. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to. He's going to eat his children. He's going to eat them. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen, bro. <laughs> if it does happen, it's supposed to happen this month, actually. Uh, Terrence, listen. <laughs> It's not going to happen. Why would you take? Why would you want to fight Mike Tyson? <laughs> he was thinking about the money, but the closer the fight gets, the more he's starting to realize money just might not be worth it. Yeah. And honestly, the money's not worth it. Roy, <laughs> don't do it to yourself, bro. Let your legacy remain what it was. The knockout artist. With strong right and left no, hand. No, last thing I remember about him getting knocked out the ring by that Russian. Sheesh. Sheesh. Some people just don't know when to hang it up, man. It sound like you're a tarnished hater. No, I'm joking. <laughs> man. man, hey, the Roy Jones I remember, bro, he was magical oh, in yeah. the ring. He yeah. was magical. The the combination of speed and power. Yeah. I don't I don't remember anybody like it. Now, granted, I wasn't old enough to watch Ali and all those other guys. Well, Ali didn't ha- Ali really didn't have power. Ali was just he was just a, a boxing magician. So, yeah, statistician. You know, I I really as much as I don't like Floyd's antics, 
Floyd Mayweather inside the ring. Hell of a fighter. Oh my goodness. I don't care what people say. You can say, oh, he grabs. He, the, the object of boxing is to hit and not get hit. He is the ultimate boxer. Yes. He might not have the knockout power he had earlier in his career. I really want to develop a, a, a boxing team as well, but I don't even know where to start, start with it. So if anyone is listening that happens to know, please, please. Send in a shout out so we can link up so I can learn whatever I can learn to give these kids another avenue because football, baseball, basketball is the only avenues that they have right now. Yeah. I want to give them as many options as possible. Yeah. Uh, also, if you're not into sports and you want to learn, get into the media business or anything, you can always come and learn from me about podcasting and other media avenues. Cause I'm all, I'm up for teaching people about this. It's very good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you won't have to spend your money trying to do it on your own. Cause I have all the equipment needed to get you started. <laughs> exactly. And I'll probably be trying to bring a group of kids or something through to just you know look around and and see they can simply set up at their own home and do it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Easy setup. I tell everybody you can spend. All you need is a laptop and a free program. You can get you some $10 mics till you're able to somebody gift you or you get the money to go get you a nicer mic. Uh, they got services where it's free to upload stuff. But like I say, my my goal, my first goal by the end of next year is to be on a top 100 podcast list. <laughs> It's a tall. That's a tall. Yeah, that's a tall order. That's a big goat. Tall order. Because there's a lot of podcasts. But to be on the top 100 list tells me I'm going a step in the right direction. My content, my content from when I first started to now has drastically changed. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Hey, bro, everything is growth, man. Everything is growth, and the most important thing is to reach the next generation and let them know: don't be afraid to grow. I noticed that as a problem with a lot of kids today, they're afraid to grow because it means they're going to make mistakes at some yeah. point in time. And they'd rather not try than to make a mistake. And that is that is mind-blowing for me, but I'm starting to understand it more and more. Well, that and they don't want to be different. Yeah. well, It's hard being different. It's not even so much about being different anymore because everyone's lifestyle is so different from what we've known it to be. And so it's to the point to where majority of these kids have zero identity and with them having zero identity, they don't even want to embrace an identity because they don't want to be labeled. They don't want to be. Di- yeah. They, it's just, they don't want to be different. It's- but if you don't know who you are, how do you move forward? Know yourself. Know yourselves. But uh, yeah, man, like if you got that passion, go do it. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Go do it like this. Like, all this started on a whim. Yeah. All it took was for, like the juggler said, all you need is a little push. <laughs> this guy. This dude. Sheesh. Oh, man. Man, what we what we set out to talk about today, we never even got to it. I don't want to talk about it now because we had a great conversation just off of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. 
I don't I don't know what it was, but the generational gap between the music. We were gonna talk about how our oh. Yeah, cause like, cause the music we listen oh, to, we listen, grew sheesh. up listening to the music now. Cause I was, cause you it, call that music? I call it a work in progress. I call it entertainment. You can say that. I call it entertainment, and the reason being, now, granted, I don't want to salt on anyone's artistic uh, expression because essentially that's what music is art is supposed to be. It's supposed to be your artistic expression. And so there's no right or wrong way to do it. Yeah. However, you are merely entertaining at the point that you get on a beat and have a beat full of ad libs for two minutes and you 10 seconds. You. <laughs> and one hook. No hook and some a days. catchy beat. At, no hook. Sometimes they don't and have it, no hooks. And it's a beat that you didn't even create for yourself. You have sampled several songs to piece together. Now, granted, that takes a level of creativity. Actually, However, no. It's a lot of simple beats now. It's so easy to make a beat. Well, I ain't gonna say it's so easy because it take. I mean, for me, my personal opinion, and you know, opinions are only as valuable as asked for. But I'm on the podcast right now, so I'm sharing my opinion. <laughs> and so my opinion, if the music cannot add to my intellectual imagination, yeah, it's not worth listening basically, to. Basically, you want somebody to paint a vivid picture of what they're saying in your mind as you listen to the music. Or paint a vivid picture for me to imagine that you're saying. Because honestly... I don't want to fully understand your. If I can fully understand exactly where you're trying to go from me just listening, yeah, you're not in depth enough. Yeah. Oh, you're not in depth enough. Yeah. So, me essentially, I want you to paint a vivid picture in my head that I have developed. Almost like that's why Biggie is one of my favorites. Oh, over yeah. to over to pop, for the simple fact, this is the reason why. Because he tells a vivid story, but once he tells that story, every one of us take away a different different. event that took place in that story. Yeah. And we see that picture differently. Yeah. So, I mean, Tupac was more of leadership. He's leading you and telling you of the events that's taking place as well as, um, how you need to move forward in these events. Yeah. Granted, you know, that was very dope. I appreciate that, yeah. but I enjoy the imagination side more than I enjoy the instructional side. Yeah. Brenda had a baby still hits hits pretty hard. Dear yeah. mama. Yeah, man. Hey, that was some soul touching music. I but Tupac just had a song for anything. You wanted to party, you wanted to hey. Yeah. He, he had a song. You wanted to bang. You wanted to be a thug. He he got something for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was very versatile, man. Yeah, I, I just he just caught up. He got caught up in the lifestyle because at the end of the day, I don't even believe he's dead. But you know, <laughs> he in Cuba smoking a cigar right now. I'm not gonna bound him fall down that rabbit hole. We gonna leave that alone. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I get what you're saying. But uh, there are some artists out there. That's like I told you one time, Lumas. I might listen to. In a week, I might go through about 30 to 40 artists. Yeah. 
new artists or somebody I never listened to before. And I would, I mean, sound like an A man. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like I say, I, I I go find music. Uh, I try to go find music. You know, I, that's a besides podcast and a hobby of mine is finding new music yeah. to listen to. But um, I always find some interest in this too. Out of forty, out of, in a week, out of forty people I listen to new, I gravitate. I, I gravitate to five people. I find five people. Yeah, I will find a song I enjoy from them. Yeah, and art like I as I got older, I went away from like the mute like I wouldn't say ratchet music, but I'm still going through archived music. Yeah, um, I'm I'm still going through people like Duke Ellington. Yeah, you know PB King. I'm still listening to their stuff, trying to understand how in the hell were you able to be so uh, in depth with the lack of technology resources that yeah. you had, like you literally grab some music, you grab some instruments and you made the most complex music that you can make that a lot of people can't recreate today with all the technology that we have. Yeah. And so I'm fascinated about that. And every time I listen to them, just listening to their music. I don't even pay attention to their lyrics half the time. Well, most times they didn't have a lot of lyrics back in the day. Exactly. Yeah. It takes you to a whole different place, but it sparks, it sparks that imaginative um, process in your head, that, that production process in your head that makes you want to produce something. Yeah. And so if they can inspire me to produce something, they're worth listening to. Yeah. That's like yesterday I went through a, some vinyl, some vinyl racks at the store in Ellick. And I, I found like, I found some, well, I, most, most of the songs, some of them were vinyls that I knew, like Omarion and Juvenile and stuff. But I found an Isley Brothers one. I never heard that song before. I found a, a guy named Joe Cocker. <laughs> Man, they and, had some special names, and I listened to it, and I it's it's soul music. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of something like Tennessee whiskey. Uh, uh, yeah, it's something like that. It's like soul. Music. I have listened to almost every genre of music there is. <laughs> now, granted, heavy metal, I can't get into it. It depends. Like I'm a, I, I like pop punk. Man. I really like classic rock. Yeah, I like oh, classic yeah. rock, and I like classical music. Yeah. Those two genres seem to intrigue me for some odd reason. That's psychedelic music, man. That's where it's at, man. Sheesh. Purple haze all in my brain. Dun, dun, dun. Don't know <laughs> if it's night or day. Nah, you look but like you got them purple haze colors in here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take no mushrooms and come in here. <laughs> Was it? Nah, yeah. but uh, I enjoy uh, psychedelic rock, uh, 80s, 80s rock. Um, I like heavy. I like some heavy metal. I, I'm really because I uh, when we was coming up, we had like Green Day, Linkin Park, and all that. We had new metal. Uh, we had pop, pop. I'm a big pop punk fan. Like I like Yellow Card, uh, All Time Low, all that. I mean, you come in, Chili you, Peppers. That's not pop punk. Now that Red Hot Chili Peppers, that's just a that's just a genre. On they, I look like Red Hot Chili Peppers, man. That's not pop punk. That's not pop punk. That is uh. That would be classified as rock music. Really? Red Hot Chili has been out since the 80s. Of course. Yeah. I know this. Yeah, pop punk didn't come in until like... 
I mean, but that's just another Early category, 2000s. bro. Like that's But they're not punk rock, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I guess I can go with that. Yeah. That's that, but that's the crazy thing about music. It has so many genres. Except rap. It's, everything is rap. <laughs> bro, that's hip hop. There's rap. There's uh Southern hip hop, Southern rap. Yeah, this man. They they try to uh sim make things simple in in reference to hip hop or rap or the hip hop culture. But let's just be honest. It's the most complex thing out there. Because you got conscious rap, you have uh You got mumble rappers, you got, you got hype men, you got you rock got, you got rock rap now. Wow. Like real like dudes that have, like rappers yep. that have been influenced by like Pink Floyd and all that. Yep. And Wayne is the crossover of it all. That doof. <laughs> what a doof. <laughs> but I will say he made some, oh, some yeah. pretty serious music. At the quarter three, that was a rap though. Sheesh. At the quarter three. He was at his apex right there. Quarter three. Um I don't know. I like some of his new stuff too. Oh. I know this stuff. Have you really listened to it? I haven't listened. Like I, the most I will go is I'm not a human being. The first one. Listen to some of his new, like of recent stuff. I, I, I mean, I heard a lot of guest verses on a couple of albums, but as far as me going to listen to a whole Wayne album now, no, I won't do it. Hey man, you gotta give it a try, bro. Because I'm telling you, it's it's pretty decent. Is I I enjoy the way that he he has blended uh his own personal style that he developed a long time ago with the modern day culture. He's blended it pretty well. Yeah, it's still Wayne that you're listening to, but at the same time, it's yeah, it's Wheezy or uh, whatever he goes by nowadays. <laughs> Nah, I'm a, uh, I'm waiting on crit, man. So I also this is off topic, but I want to ask you. Uh, Go ahead. You know, did you see the whole deal with uh, how Trump might still be able to win the election? No, bro. It's I, I watched the video, and it's from one of the White House representatives or a former White House representative that um, he made a video showing how the constitution actually has a stipulation to where if the president does not decide to concede, concede the power, concede his power, he actually can push it to where the election actually doesn't even matter. Null and void. And still remain president. Basically a dictatorship. Yeah, pretty much. And it just goes back to my whole thing that I've been learning on how Everything in America is two-sided and it's almost complete fiction on what we've been taught. Oh, no, this ain't the land of the free. It's it's definitely not a democracy. Yeah. At any point, anybody, is, I mean, I, I always wondered that. Like, I wonder if somebody actually don't want to concede the presidency when it's time to change. Oh, I wonder what would happen. So what, what they explained in this video, um, was basically that what he'll do, what he'll be able to do is turn around and push it to the House of Representatives. 
And so the House of Representatives aren't able to vote as representatives. It goes it goes from state to state at yeah. that point. And so now that it goes state to state, there's actually more red states than there are blue, blue states. states. And so essentially what will happen is all the red states will choose their candidate and all the blue states will choose their candidate, which would already make him the president because there's more red states. states. And the Electoral College, the House of Representatives, everybody's thrown out and it will be a legal coup that will allow him to remain president. It's crazy. Yeah, that's that's absurd. It's ill. That's absurd. Absurd. Take your ill, man. But still in all, um, you know, on a federal level, it doesn't, you know, impact us as immediate. As the local level. Yeah. And we have to shape our focus. Now, the fact that he is a person that's pushing out so much hatred. Yeah. It makes it horrifying to believe that he could steal another four years. Toxic division. Oh, my goodness. This country will be at civil war if he takes another four years. And that that would be him taking another four years because the general public is under the impression that we decide who we want our president to be. No, he's already decided on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy, oh, man. That's crazy. Well, back to Big Crit. <laughs> I'm waiting on that mixtape to drop. Man, hey, Crit, bro, you can send me a mixtape, a hoodie, uh, anything, bro. I, man. I just want to come to a show. I have not been to a crit show yet. We, we hey, we had them in New Orleans, man. We missed our opportunity. <laughs> That's in, when I was still working. I'm in, a free man now. In H Town too. Yeah, I'm a free man now. I miss Raphael Sadiq in, in in New Orleans too, man. Yeah. 2020 was supposed to be my concert, my concert year. <laughs> yeah, it's been a concert, all right. A concert of <laughs> of madness. <laughs> traumatic events and chaos. Who's orchestrating this symphony? <laughs> we need him shot, sir. You know, Louisiana's been punched in the face by three hurricanes. It's sheesh. Man, crazy year, man. It's almost people's like, oh, I can't wait for 2021. We're still gonna be stuck in this stuck in a pandemic. The West, <laughs> the West Coast been hit with fires. Midwest have tornadoes going everywhere. Uh East Coast looking at hurt at um earthquakes and snowstorms. I'm Bro, waiting on Godzilla to come out the water. I'm Godzilla. T- I'm telling you, there's an ancient super beast sitting in one of them glaciers and it's gonna melt and he's just gonna No, then, not in a glacier, he's sitting in an abyss. What well whatever, it's gonna come out. He's sitting in the abyss, just chilling and waiting, waiting for God to say, Hey, he's all like, right, go ahead. He's gonna be like, Hey man, the- Say, hey man, the water started getting hot. I've been sleeping all these years. You think the water cause the water cold now it's hot. Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, just but, uh people don't understand like the uh like the climate change thing, like if you go back and look over the millions of years this planet, the climate change is almost like you have an ice age and it heats back up. It gets real hot, then it cools back off and Yeah. So but uh to wrap things up, any words of wisdom you have for the people? Hey, man, my last words of wisdom was know yourself. But today I will say 
My words of wisdom, wisdom is prepare. Prepare yourself mentally, financially, and spiritually for the events that are about to come. Because I not sure what events are about to come, but I know that they're about to be just as serious as 2020 altogether. And as much as I hate to say that and speak that, that's what that's what is in the forecast. <laughs> so I suggest now, if I'm wrong, great. But if I'm right, you need to be prepared. Either way, you need to be prepared. So prepare yourselves. Get you a foundation spiritually. Get you a foundation financially. Get you a foundation mentally because there's some serious stuff on the way. My words of wisdom will be put the cookie dough in the cup. <laughs> put it in the cup. <laughs> Didn't I tell you to put the cookie dough in the cup? Heat it up. Stir it. <laughs> and pour that, it out. And that means <laughs> when quite. I tell you to do something, yeah. I want it done that way. So put the cookie dough in the cup. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah, that's, a, that's an inside joke with a with a with a uh, guest we had on. <laughs> if they're listen if they listen to this episode, they will get a, a nice chuck out of that. <laughs> put the cookie dough in the cup. Put the cookie dough in the cup. Shit. <laughs> is it a cup of ice cream or just a cup? Hmm? Is it a cup of ice cream or is it just a cup? They wanted a cookie. They wanted a cookie dough blast, but they don't. They she, they was getting short chains on the cookie dough. Exactly. So they say, put the cookie dough in the cup and put it in there myself. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that. Why? <laughs> Y'all done it before. <laughs> put it back in there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but for the Third Coast Podcast, I'm your host Terrence Summer, Mr. Loomis. Thank you again for coming on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend yeah. of the show, friend of the show. We are out this thing. Yeah. That's the sound of chaos coming to your peace. <laughs> <laughs>